Hello, welcome to this episode of the Harder to Kill podcast. I am your host, Coach Shannon. Get yourself signed up for the Murph event that is coming up on Memorial Day. And of course, I don't, man, I should prepare for these, but I don't. So I don't know the date of Memorial Day. But anyway, um, last Monday of May, it should be all ready to go in the app to go there, sign up for your heat. We'll probably have a couple different times. Um, and you could bring some food to share. We're going to hang out. It's, it's a fun time. So get signed up for that. And I think that that's all I have to say. I probably need to be more prepared. The fact that the, I'm doing these like in advance now. So anyways, all right, let's get to my guest. It's Kevin Juarez. Hey. <laughs> hey, Kevin. So this is Kevin 2.0. 2.0. That's right. Second time. Yeah. So you were on the pod when I first started. Ooh. Weren't you like my first, you and Esther were like my first, one of my first couple of guests. Oh, uh, Yeah. Maybe we were like 10 episodes in. It was like you guys, like John, Haggerty. Yep. Uh, I was just talking to Faith today. I feel like she was an early one, like Elena. Mm-hmm. And then you have not been on. And seriously, it was two and a half years ago. It's, it's been Can you believe minute. that? No, it's been... <laughs> time passes by so fast. So I would normally tell people like, hey, if you want to know more about Kevin and Esther, you could go back and listen to that episode. But I have a feeling the sound is terrible. I'm probably really bad at my interview skills. Well, back then (laughs) you had your cell phone. Yeah. And we were in the, what's now the kids room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we're a crowd around your cell phone. Uh Uh-huh. We're just like yelling into the air. Very (laughs) echoey. Yeah. It was a good time, but yeah, different setup for sure. Yeah. So I think it was one of those things where we started the podcast, like you never know where it's going to go or what it's going to end up being. And so you just start super simple because, you know, with anything, if you wait till it's perfect, well, you're never going to start. Right. Right. So we were just like, oh, we're just going to start. Like Kyle's like, I can download this app called Anchor and we can just record right into it. And so that's kind of how we started. And then my husband was like, hey, is this something you're going to do all the time? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start doing it. And so he's all into like technology. So he's like, oh, I'll buy you the microphones. I'll get you the software that you need. Like bought me a computer. And so then I was able to get some better quality. And then um, Cooper came along and was like, hey, I can do video for you guys. You should come over to my studio. I'm like, all right, well, here we are. So I'm like, I got to get Kevin back on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to be back. I've been actually kind of wanted to do this for a while. Yeah. So, um, what you been doing for the last two and a half years? <laughs> I mean, for the most part, the same thing. Yeah. Work, gym, soccer, yeah. family. Have you guys still been doing soccer? I feel uh, like I haven't heard you do soccer. I have stopped coaching. Oh, okay. I, I stopped coaching like right around COVID time. Okay. Um, I used to do 5.15 a.m. for a while. Yeah. And then I stopped coaching and now I'm more 4.30. Yeah. Um, but I still play. Oh, you do? I'm kind of like weaning off of it. Really? Having um, Danny and Dylan definitely in the gym with me has kind (laughs) of like brought that energy back to play. Uh Because when they weren't there, I was kind of weaning off of it. Yeah. Um, Just because I I came to the point where soccer was my most favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then slowly like CrossFit came along and Mm -hmm. started doing more of that. And, you know... Being there and developing those relationships with, you know, the, the friends you work out with. Yeah. The atmosphere. You tend to enjoy that more. Yeah. And so eventually CrossFit just, not CrossFit, but the gym itself. Yeah. Um, 
kind of just took over and I started enjoying that a lot more than, than going to play. Yeah. And so there was a point where like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to retire. Yeah. I'm going to stop playing. You know, <laughs> I'm 34. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get hurt. So I can't come work out. Yeah. You know, it'd make me mad if I like hurt my foot and yeah. I'm very injury prone for be some Be like reason. Tracy, hurt her knee. And right. Then, yeah. <laughs> right. I don't want to be that person that's out for, you know, a long extended yeah. period of time. Or I have to have like a surgery or something. Right. And so now, you know, it's to the point where I was done with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was done coaching, done playing. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Danny Garcia and Dylan mm-hmm. joined the gym and, <laughs> you know, he asked me because I, I run a team. I ran a team. Yeah. A uh, bunch of family like for, friends. Okay, so when you say you ran a team, you did like kids or you did like adults? Uh, adults. Okay. So I. What I've, do they call that? Is that like a, just adult just league or uh, adult league? Big kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much anybody like high school age and up. Okay. Would typically play. So do you consider that like to be like a rec league or like a? Oh, rec league for sure. Okay, but is it sort of like a thing where who was I talking to the other day? I think it was Josh Luth, and he was telling me about like volleyball mm-hmm. you know how people get together and play all volleyball recreationally yeah. um is it a little more serious than that like drunk people playing volleyball or no it's not <laughs> definitely not your uh, saturday beer league you know, okay. it's your uh, it's, we so it's actually, like competitive it's pretty competitive okay it's pretty competitive there actually are kind of two leagues in in town okay uh saturday you have your saturday adult league mm-hmm. which from high school age to about mm-hmm. usually the average about 35 to 40 years. And then you have your older men's league, which you got to be 38 and older to play in. 38? That's a random age. Why it's, not like 40? So Why it's, not 35? It, right. It, it <laughs> yeah. is so random because every year I'm like, I'm going to be 34, 35, yeah. and I'm creeping closer. And it used to be like 35 You can, had was the age limit. Yeah. And they keep bumping it up every year I get closer. So I told the guy, I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. yeah. Like, I want to transition. I'm gonna over. age up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to run with you know run down these 18. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do that no more. Yeah. But uh, no, but having those two gentlemen in the gym with me definitely uh, kind of brought your passion back. Brought a little it back. Bit. Brought it back. But I'm still a little leery about getting hurt. So yeah. In my mind, you know, I, I'll play. Yeah. But I try not to go too hard where I'm going to injure myself. So do you not play in the league then? Maybe you guys just play for fun, like get together and just like like play around or do you are you like playing in the league i, I used to be like that so okay <laughs> when i was super into soccer i mm-hmm. used to go play three times a week on top of playing saturday and sundays okay um eventually that started windling down the older i got yeah so now i really don't recreationally play like okay. let's get together and just have fun and play yeah if i'm not playing like an organized uh-huh match you're I, not playing i'm typically not playing oh, okay got it Mm-mm. so yeah i don't know anything about this world the world of soccer or adult sports. I have no idea. Like I am not doing any of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I'm the same way as you. Like, I don't want to get hurt doing any of this stuff. Like right. I don't want to get hurt even doing uh clean jerks or deadlifts or anything at the gym. Like the stuff we do, I don't want to get hurt ever. Right. I'm just too old for it. And when I do get hurt, like I'm hurt right now, it takes forever. Right. It, it, it does. Definitely. I just played last Saturday. Uh-huh. And it's going to be my last game for a while. <laughs> um, just is it a, like a spring-summer thing? Is that when they do it? It usually starts early spring into okay. late fall. Mm-hmm. Usually Dang. Like, that's a, so it's like a long season. It's a long season. It is. But my priority right now is uh, Tyler, Brandon, and myself are signed up for the summer street games. Oh, okay. Uh, so the end of June. Yeah. And uh, right now that's my priority. Yeah. And I went to go play this Saturday 
my cousin called me up and was like, hey, I'm making a team. Are you interested in playing? I'm like, you know what? Sure. Yeah. You know, I wasn't actively looking for one, but yeah. if somebody came along and asked, I'd be like, sure, no problem. Yeah. 20, min- 20 minutes into the game, pull my groin. Yeah. Oh, no. So I had to stop playing. He called me the next day and he's like, hey, are you still going to play? I'm like, no. <laughs> I got other things I want to do and mm-hmm. I don't want to continue injuring this groin problem yep, I have because now you got to nurse it now you got to right. you know hold back a little bit right. and and then you know what happens when you kind of like starts getting better well then you do something again to it because you pushed a little bit too hard right, right. it's like always the cycle right, right. <laughs> it's a cycle if it's not if it's not the gym it's on the soccer field but yeah <laughs> you know, it's a continuous cycle for me of one injury after another yeah so um I wonder when did um Danny and Dylan joined the gym I feel like I feel like Dylan's been been a member for a while now because Danny, I believe, might have been late 2020, early 2021. Gosh, I cannot remember because him and Tracy actually came together, right? Like so, on a sad. I remember coaching Tracy. I don't remember Danny. Maybe he wasn't there. Maybe it was just Tracy the first time. But I was coaching the day that she showed up. I th- I might have told this to her on her podcast. I can't remember. But she was so much more like I never know when someone starts like what their background is, what they're going to be like. I, even if they tell me their background, I'm always like, yeah, we'll see. You yeah. know what I mean? Even if they tell me, oh, I know how to do that. Yeah. OK, we'll see, because sometimes people tell you they know how to do stuff and they really don't. And then other times they can downplay what they've come from, you know, and so it just it takes me seeing them in the class to be like, oh, yeah, this person's capable. I think I had her doing like 12 inch box jumps the first day. <laughs> No, she's pretty athletic. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I found it out right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, so I can't remember. I don't I, I'm so bad at like the timing of that sort of stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure it was either late 2020, or early 2021. Um, Did you know them before? Oh, yeah, I, I've known. I've known Cause you guys have been in all in the soccer world, soccer like all world. together. Yep. OK, yep. I've coached uh, Tracy's yeah. kids. At yeah. One point or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny have Danny and I have played against each other in the past mm. and you know recently you know we became really good friends mm-hmm. and typically we play with each other now but yeah you know um yeah so I was just thinking like when they would have maybe influenced you because you said like 2020 you stopped kind of playing as much and then what they they maybe joined like 2021 2022-ish so you had like a couple of years where you didn't really play and then you kind of got back into it with them is that like kind of what happened kind of yeah kind of um I was kind of weaning off of it Mm -hmm. and I knew he played Danny Mm -hmm. did and he knew I was running a team and I was kind of on the verge of just not doing it no more yeah and then he asked me one day he's like hey can I come play for you I was like sure yeah (laughs) you know yeah if he was gonna come in then you know, no problem. And I, also, yeah. I have my brother-in-law and, and other family members that play okay. on the team that I was organizing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of helps too. Yeah. So um, just, so that team still goes on and those people all still play just not with you? <laughs> some. Some of them? Some. Okay. Some like doing it because I organize it a certain way because uh, for me, we have uh, church Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there is a time that the game was later in the afternoon, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be able to play. Oh, got it. Because for them, church is a priority. Yeah. Um, so I was able to finagle it where we would play at a specific time every Saturday, mm-hmm. like special requests. So yeah. So that way they could be there mm-hmm. and not miss. Yeah. Um, but since I'm not there no more. Yeah. You know, th- 
they, people don't have that certain leeway with the organizer. Uh-huh. And uh, so then it's random times. Yeah. And they can only play about 25% of the time. Oh, geez. So it's not worth it for them to pay so much money to not yeah. be there. I suppose, yeah, so you have to, like, pay to, like, be in the league or, like, to play the games? Yeah, or? usually it's, like, about, depending on how many people you have on your team. So there's probably, like, refs and stuff you got to pay. You got to pay refs. You got to pay for the field. Yeah. So it's about $500 a team. You know, you divvy that up between the amount of players you have, and mm-hmm. that's what you pay. $500 a weekend? No, uh, for the season. Oh, okay, okay, okay. A that's... weekend, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, geez, <laughs> no. you guys are real serious. Like, <laughs> no. pro athletes yeah. over here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I mean, has that been something that you're sad to kind of get away from or not at all? Okay. I think just for me, I thoroughly enjoy the gym mm-hmm. a lot more than doing anything else right now. Why do you think that is? Because, you know, I would argue that soccer's community, you're with a group, like, you know, it's fun, right? Cause you're running around and like doing whatever you do in soccer, which I don't, right. I don't really know. <laughs> For me, the reason, simple answer for me is mm. simply, uh, it's something that my wife and I do together mm. and we have in common. Yeah. Because uh, she, you know, soccer for her wasn't a big thing. Yeah. Will you please tell the story about the time? we? Okay. So back to the first episode when I was, I don't know. I don't know if I was asking Esther if she like did soccer or whatever, but she was like, no. And then I remember you were trying to like get her into soccer or she would like come <laughs> to your practices like. Please just tell the story of when she got hit with a ball. <laughs> so back when I was coaching about <laughs> <Poor Esther. laughs> 10, 11 year old boys, um, we were at West Middle School. And How this, long ago was this? Oh, man, this had to be like 10 years like ago. So long. OK, a very long time. Are you sure? It, was not, it had to be longer than 10 because I swore two and a half years ago. It was like 10 years ago. Maybe. <laughs> My mind. So it's just like a really long. You're talking like 10, 12 years ago. This happened. Uh, Okay. Probably 12. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Soccer practice. You know, she was at home by herself. It was a nice day. Mm -hmm. And she's like, maybe I'll come with you to soccer practice, you know, and I'll go run around the school. Yeah. You know, and the fields at the time, they're the football fields. Okay. And behind one of the goals was a sidewalk that people walk on, mm-hmm. you know? And so that particular day we were working on shooting. Oh, so I was teaching a bunch of 10 and 12 year old boys, you know, how to properly strike a ball, strike it with power. So yeah. You, you know, and so we're practicing shooting session and she decides at the worst time to start taking a stroll behind the goal. Yeah. And I'm showing these boys how to take a shot. Of course I missed it. <laughs> shanked it. And I see that it's headed in her direction. Oh, no. And she's, and I'm like, I scream, Astra, look out. Yeah. And she turns around, rides oh, the ball, no. slams in her face. Oh, no. And these 12 year old boys, 10 <laughs> year old boys look at me like, oh, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just, you hit her pretty hard. And so, of course, I run over to where yeah. she's at. She's killed over, grabbing her face. Yeah. You know, hoping I didn't. You know, hurt her too yeah. badly and knocked her contact out. Oh, my gosh. You know, she's on the verge of tears, but she's trying to hold it in because she sees these boys are watching. Yeah, right. You know, like, what's going to happen I'm sure next. she's so embarrassed, like, too. She was. She was so mad at you, I bet. She was. She <laughs> she was a little upset. I'm like, it was a complete accident. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, but that's why you're not supposed to. <laughs> that's know, why you don't come to practice, huh? You know, trying to justify myself at the same yeah. time. You know, walk back to the boys and be like, that's what you don't do. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So anyway, she was she she was done with soccer after that, huh? Oh yeah. 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 So she's never really been big into soccer. I tried dragging her along to a few things here and there. Yeah. Um, but overall, that's not her thing. Yeah. But our our thing is the gym. Yeah. And so that that definitely has, you know, brought us even closer together. Mm-hmm. Just being able to have something in common like that mm-hmm. and enjoy it as mm-hmm. much as we do. Mm-hmm. And it's become really a, a big part of our lives. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, the main thing in our life, mm-hmm. but it's a big part of it. Yeah. Just, you know, the people, the community, mm-hmm. um, the atmosphere of, of, you know, being at the gym. Mm-hmm. And so for that's become a bigger part of yeah. us you yeah. know, as a family. Yeah. And so it's easy for me to give something else up that is me by myself. Yeah. And do something with my wife that we enjoy together. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, that has a lot to do with it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, whenever there's something going on, it's Esther and I. Yeah. You know, it's it's us doing it. Yeah. And so that's, that's a simple answer to, mm-hmm. you know, why I've been able to step away from it. Mm-hmm. Besides getting old. Yeah. You know? <laughs> getting yeah. old and just, you know, probably spending a lot of years playing it. Right. So at some point you just kind of are like, I could not do this anymore and that would be okay. Right. right. Um, but yeah. And I kind of see soccer is kind of more of like a competitive style thing where I know you just said you signed up for a competition for like for a CrossFit thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of what we do at the gym is just maintaining fitness. Right. And right. just doing it sort of just becomes kind of a like routine style thing that you come there for to get stronger to you know whatever maintain fitness or whatever it is you're trying to work on and it's just like it's a different thing it you is think? it is um like you have a different purpose for it the obviously the overall purpose is to be overall healthier yeah. stronger live longer yeah um but at the same time too i get that competitive feeling Mm-hmm. Uh, just by being around the people that I'm around usually, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm t- saying that, I'm talking about Kyle, Tyler, <laughs> Brandon, yeah. Jimmy, Danny. Yeah. Oh, um, Brandon today. So for the noon class today, he's like, so, uh, he was asking me like how, how many rounds like people were getting. And yeah. I, I knew like the type of people he was talking about. And I was like, Oh, uh, 12. And he's like, 12? And I was like, he's like, oh, you mean like Kyle? I'm like, well, Kyle, as far as I know, hasn't done this workout yet. But like Spencer did it. And I'm like, Sarah Solzberger. And they got 12. And he was like, oh, man, okay. And so then he's out there trying to get 12 rounds. <laughs> yep. So it's easy. It's I get that competitive fulfillment. Yeah. But, just, you know, we're not competing for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some gym pride. Yeah. But uh, but it's it's fun being around that group that mm-hmm. I'm around and we're competitive against each other, but in a positive way, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll talk trash to each mm-hmm. other. We all know what our strengths and weaknesses <laughs> yeah, are, sure. what our wheelhouses are. So yeah. like we'll, we'll go into it and, and, mm-hmm. you know, be like, Hey Brandon, this is, this is your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to try to like stick know, with you stick or whatever. With you. Yeah. you know, you're going to push the pace on this. I'm going to try to, you know, ride your coattails a bit, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I get that competitive edge from yeah. that um, because I grew up actually super competitive mm-hmm. like i compete in everything mm-hmm. you know so for me to be in the gym with these guys mm-hmm. and, and get that feeling you know i don't need it from anywhere else yeah you know i see that with men especially to where they can compete with each other and still be like super good friends and actually the competitive nature kind of strengthens the bond you know it's right. kind of the thing that you bond over and really enjoy i don't think women have that as much uh the women that we currently have in our gym, nobody's competitive with each other in a way that I feel is negative. But I do feel that women are not able to 
be have competitive camaraderie. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. And I don't think that it's like, I don't know if it's from more women or maybe just more inherently like jealous in a way, or if you just, I don't, if it's just the type of women who do that type of exercise and maybe just women that are more competitive in nature in general, just aren't as, um, able to like maybe bond over that. I'm not really sure. I'm not either. There, there are a couple of girls that are pretty competitive at the gym. Yeah. But I think they try to suppress it to yeah. not make other girls feel bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Like, I don't, I don't mind it. I think there's a but. few girls, a few women in the gym who can be competitive and it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I'm one of those people. I've never really been one to take a lot of things personal like that. I, I sort of feel like I'm not super like typical woman in that way. Um, but yeah, I think women maybe just get their feelings hurt more easily. I'm not really sure what the difference, but there's like definitely a difference that I see like with that, like the shit talking, like among the men at the gym is like what they love. You know what I'm saying? Whereas you can't really, you can't really do that. Women can't really do that. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak for women, but I know know. I'm just trying to talk about the difference of like, you are like, Oh, I get my competitive edge from my friends at the gym. And it's like, I don't think women would say that, you know, you know, it's hard. You know, I, I know my wife, she, she is competitive, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I encourage her to, to be competitive Mm -hmm. because I feel like competitiveness is, is good as long as you're not negative towards others. Yeah. Um, I feel like Esther is competitive with herself, though. She's really sets goals for herself. You know what I mean? She does. And you'll see her every now and again. Well, more consistently now, but she'll stay and she'll work Mm -hmm. on things that she really wants to get better at. Mm -hmm. You know, her GHDs, her double unders. Mm -hmm. Um, So she she is very competitive with herself. Yeah, she's got like. What, what did she, she wanted that 150 pound clean forever. Right. And she right. would just work on that and hammer it and work on it. And like, right. you know, so, but I, I don't think that had anything to do with anybody else. It doesn't. Yeah. She, she has it in her mind that, you know, she, she's her own competitor. Mm-hmm. She, she, she doesn't want to rely on anybody else to push her to do mm-hmm. things. She's more like, I want to push myself mm-hmm. to do things. And she's yeah. very good at like, once she wants to do something, she wants to, keep trying until she achieves it yeah yeah so she has that mindset esther's kind of relentless i think she is yeah (laughs) (laughs) she is yeah (laughs) i mean you have your strengths and sometimes your strengths can also be your weaknesses like right like esther has also driven herself to some injuries with her relentlessness right so it's or you know she's just the type person who's like well i'll just push through i'll just push through you know and I think that our style of training does attract a lot of people like that. You know, I'm sure you've done the same thing. Like, oh. well, I'll just push through. I'll just push through. All you the know? time. You mean like with this groin injury? Yeah. You know, I should be taking it easy, but it, it's it's hard to just because I I don't want to. Yeah. Because I enjoy doing the workouts. Mm-hmm. I enjoy being around the guys. Yeah. And I want to partake. Yeah. You know, and I don't want FOMO. Oh, I know that, know that FOMO is. I know I've been having that so bad, like for the last few months, because I haven't really been able to do anything fun. Right. And, you know, and, and I see people like I coach, right? So I see people all day, every day doing fun stuff, doing workouts that I'm like, I try to picture myself. Oh, how would I be feeling? What would I be doing in this? You know what I mean? And then it's just like, oh yeah, well you can't, you can't run and you can't do anything. Like I, uh, that's not true. I can do a lot of things still, but like. You know, it's just, 
I love like cleans, like squat cleans. And, you know, I love to like, that's where I would be like competitive. I would be like, oh, well, you know, I need to keep up with Sarah and Peyton and, you know, I just, and Kelly, I would always want to be in the realm of like what they were lifting and you can like, or like Heather and you use those people to gauge how you're doing, right? Like you see, oh, they got 155 for that complex or whatever. And then you're like, oh, I should be able to get that. But it's not like a negative thing. It's just like, you just have been training with these people for a long time. You know, like some of those people that you were mentioning, I mean, you've probably trained with them five, six years. Yeah, about five years. Actually, Tyler just brought it up the other day because we love to give each other crap. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Esther loves to give Tyler crap too. (laughs) You know, and and she was saying yesterday, I believe, or the day before, she's like, you know, I'm kind of leery about the relationship between what Tyler and I have. She's like, it's kind of kind of odd for two men. Yeah. Tyler's like, hey, it's been a work in progress for the last five years, (laughs) you know, so. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's been very enjoyable. Yeah. It's been life changing, really mm-hmm. being at the gym, mm-hmm. you know, I've made some great friends, you know, I've, I've learned a lot, you know, I've developed a lot, mm-hmm. you know, cause prior to me even joining the gym, I was very, uh, I played soccer, mm-hmm. but I wasn't very, um, active mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, like I would just play my weekend game and then I'd go home and I'd eat terribly, not mm-hmm. exercise and <laughs> Yeah. was really out of shape and you know yeah. and even though I was competitive you know, I was content also with doing nothing yeah you know so being in the gym and, and developing those relationships kind of mm-hmm. makes me want to come back yeah you know on top yeah. of you know having great programming mm-hmm. you know having great coaches mm-hmm. um really thank you <laughs> it's really the people that that make you want to come back yeah um I think the style of training attracts kind of the same type of people. Now, when you look at everybody in the gym, it doesn't look like they're the same people, but I feel like, I feel like there's a collective mentality, you know what I'm saying? So, and not everybody starts out super mentally tough. I think that mental toughness is really the most important thing that you build. But I think that the people who are willing to build mental toughness are the people that kind of stick around and the people that benefit the most is just because they have that potential and they're willing to like test themselves in that way. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I feel like the biggest thing that you get from the style of training that we do is that mental toughness aspect. And it just keeps getting, you just keep building that up more and more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mental toughness is huge. Yeah. Um, just a quick little note, but for me lately, my sister-in-law, Esther's older sister, mm-hmm. and uh, our nephew, so her older sister's son, mm-hmm. um, she homeschools, mm-hmm. so they don't have regular like PE. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know they've been wanting to do something active. So about I would say late last year, I'd say like late October maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, she simply asked me like, "Hey, would you mind if we come over to your house and you do a couple?" workouts for us you know organize something for you know me and my two kids and mm-hmm. you know do that and it's funny because their last name is lee oh and so i call it family crossfit <laughs> you know and, yeah you know and 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 when they first started um they haven't done anything like that before not they never he never the nephew my nephew ethan never played sports uh organized sports he's big into music and mm-hmm. and, and playing instruments and uh and my sister-in-law really hasn't either. Yeah. 
but they like being active. Yeah. And so, and my nephew's 13 now and mm. he wants to get to the point where, you know, he wants to start, you know, getting some muscles, yeah. you know? And so, and so they decided to ask uncle Kevin to see if he can help <laughs> out. Anyways. Uh, so starting out, you know, they didn't really have that mental toughness to do physical things for a long time, yeah. for extended period of time. And so it's great to see from where they started in early October, late October mm-hmm. to now. So mm-hmm. they, they've been coming to, you know, your our, family CrossFit, my got it. family <laughs> CrossFit in my garage yeah. through late winter, all winter, how cold it was, oh. how cold it got in that garage. Yeah. They still came. Wow. And they come about once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was something they made sure to make it a priority to come. Yeah. And, you know, to see their mental growth, mm-hmm. you know, to go from like, I can't do this mm-hmm. to I want to try this to I can do this and I want more of it. Mm-hmm. You know, to mm-hmm. see that mental growth, even yeah. when I was coaching kids, you know, yeah. you, you start off, um, you grow the mental aspect of it as well. Yeah. Not just the physical, mm-hmm. but, you know, feeding them, you can do it. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. Don't give in to wanting to give up because you're not going to be able to develop that mental toughness yeah so people here at the gym you know when they first start out it's pretty intimidating mm-hmm. it's intimidating because you got people who've been there for a while yeah or you know and you don't know what you're capable of you, you don't, just don't know you don't know what you're capable of just yeah. like they didn't know what they're yeah. capable of yeah but as you progress you know you see those small successes mm-hmm. you know so the mental toughness starts like, to grow oh i survived it. that right like, i did that i yeah. did it it was hard <laughs> But I did it. Yeah. You know, so it's good to see those transitions mm-hmm. of I can't to I can, mm-hmm. you know, so mental toughness is huge. You yeah. Know, besides the physical benefits of it. Yeah. I mean, it just I think the mental toughness just grows your confidence and your capabilities. And I talked a lot about this in the last week's episode or not last week's. I guess maybe it was two weeks ago. Whenever the last episode that Kyle and I did, I did talk a lot about that. Just mostly from like a kid perspective, but you know, adults need it too. A lot of adults, especially, you know, even coming into like our gym environment, they don't have a ton of confidence in their capabilities. I feel like a lot of them probably start because they want to feel more capable. They want more confidence. Right. You know what I mean? So, and I was saying a lot of people really start the gym because they want to change the way they look, but they don't know what benefits are coming for them. Right. You know what I mean? So like you end up oh, I have more confidence and I'm more capable. And then you just, it's like a ball rolling downhill. You just keep picking up, picking up speed with that, right? Like picking up the steam or whatever. And so I guess, yeah, I was just wondering like, when did you guys start? At the old gym. And so we've been in our gym now since 2019. So four years. And then you guys had started at the old gym. So it's been. I did start. I started. Five, six years. I started at the Hy-Vee location. Yeah. Um, I believe Esther did too, but she started, I, I think, like a good either half a year or a year before I did. Okay. And I think I mentioned this in my previous, with the previous podcast. We no did, one remembers though, Kevin. So I don't can. remember, but I, I did make fun of Esther for it. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah. I made fun of her for it, for doing CrossFit. Yeah. I laugh at her because of yeah. it. Especially when she'd get up at 4.30 in the morning oh, yeah. morning to go work out. I'm like, yeah. you're nuts. <laughs> you know, I'm going to lay here and enjoy my warm bed. Yeah. You know, while you go do that. Yeah. You know, and then I came to a, your guys' very first AM versus PM. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I came and watched and I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed because I think I saw people like me there, mm-hmm. but I also saw people that were older. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, if they can do it, mm-hmm. I can do it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I kind of dipped my toe into it. I came in, I believe it was maybe like bring a friend week mm-hmm. um, at that time at the High V location. And I believe that was late 2015, maybe September or something around there. I do not remember. And I think I started like in October. Oh, wait, no, it would have been not 2015 because we didn't move there till 26, the end of 2016. Yeah. So it might have been like 2016 that you joined. Maybe. Yeah. I know she was here. She was here a while before I yeah. was. Yeah, man, that time seems so long ago. I have a hard it time does. like sorting it out in my mind because when I think about it, so I started coaching right at the beginning of the year of 2017. So it's like, man, did Esther even start before I even was a coach? Like, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. I, I never remember that she mentioned yeah. that she might have been one of Kyle's first. Like, oh, yeah. We've talked about that on the podcast before, I think. I can't remember. But I think it was when Kyle, he just bought the gym, just took the gym over in like October. And I think maybe he was supposed to have a meeting with Esther and yeah, he like sent her some weird messages on accident that he meant to like send to Peyton and it was super embarrassing. Yeah. And then like, yeah. And then Esther's like kind of socially awkward and was like nervous. And then there's like Kyle who hasn't like really met with any like right. clients yet or anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that whole thing was super funny. Yeah. He sent her a message saying something about how he like locked her out or something like that. But he was like joking with Peyton about something, but it right. went to Esther and mm-hmm. she was like, so confused. Like what? Like yeah. anyway, you're at my house. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like the whole thing was just like super awkward and, and just like funny. And it's just, I still think to this day how she like wanted to join and like check it out so bad that she was willing to put up with all that weirdness <laughs> and like awkwardness at first. Yeah. I just wonder how many people would immediately be like, uh, I'm not coming back or I'm not going to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, the owners are creepo. Yeah. I'm not coming back. Yeah. So um did she did you guys know people that went to the gym at that time? No. So you didn't know anybody? I don't okay. know. So I used to live on Second Street. Uh-huh. So I actually lived on Second Street when Jacob had Warrior Cross. Started CrossFit the original gym. At the downtown location. Yeah. So I knew of Warrior. Yeah. I didn't know exactly what it was. Uh-huh. I just knew people ran up and down the street. <laughs> Back into Always the, gym. the running up and down the street. Right. Always toward high V, right? So I don't know if maybe she saw that. Um, mm. That or maybe mm. she was told from it because she did try boot camp mm. with Lindsay at the Y way before CrossFit. Yeah. And I think she enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if maybe somebody mentioned it to her like, hey, maybe you should try Warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gave that a shot. Yeah. And she just fell in love with it Mm -hmm. and then obviously she brought me in yeah Yeah. i don't think she knew anybody Mm -hmm. gosh that's so scary because uh just to not like know anybody you know i don't normally think of myself as someone who would be like i don't necessarily think i have to know someone to go and do something right but the weird thing is my mother-in-law and her like best friend is who i went to the gym with for the very first day And so that was like kind of weird when I think back to that, like I did go with people that I knew, you know what I mean? And I, so it's, and that was a long time ago now. So it's, I do appreciate, I do try to appreciate like how hard it must be for people to start something like this, you know? It is. I can only imagine just because obviously when I joined, I had my wife there. Yeah. And so I was like a little kid (laughs) 
hand, holding on to her hand, telling her, don't, her around. don't leave my side because everybody here looks scary. <laughs> you know, but then once I got comfortable, I'm like, yeah, yeah I, go over there. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me hang out with my friends. Right. <laughs> um, I do like the whole couple thing that you brought up. And it's funny that you bring that up because just today, earlier today, when I coached the 830 class, I had kind of a bigger class for an 830, but it is Friday. So a lot of Fridays, a lot of people will kind of come into that 830 class that don't normally show up to that. I had four couples there in one class today. And so I was like looking around and it just like, it makes me smile to just see like couples there enjoying like the workout. Like there was one point in time that I saw Dylan and Janelle just running next to each other. And, you know, I just was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the OG couple. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but so I do. I've heard other couples say that, too. Like I know like Jeff and Carrie Johnson, like they're ones who, you know, it took Carrie a long time to kind of get into it. But once they did, like she's been just so thankful to be able to have something to relate, you know, to her spouse or, you know, your significant other, because, you know, you're doing the same thing. And I think that's cool. I haven't ever experienced that, actually. So I don't really know. I feel like there's some spouses in the gym, though, or like couples or whatever, who actually don't like to work out together. Just kind of depends. Yeah, I... Some people are different. You can't come to my class. Yeah. Some people are different. Some (laughs) couples are different, but it works out for Esther and I because we we enjoy each other's company. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) So as cheesy as it is, but I I enjoy seeing her at the gym. We may not partner up for everything. Yeah. But it's just a simple fact that she's there. I'm there, you know, and, and, you know, I do my thing and she does her thing. But at the end of the day, we're doing the same thing together, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that you're just in the vicinity. You can see each other working hard. You just kind of appreciate that. You know, I think it kind of, you can kind of gain respect for your significant other when you see them doing hard things. You oh, know what I mean? For sure. I mean, yeah. for me, uh, just the, the natural coach in me, mm-hmm. I want to see people succeed. Yeah. And so to see my wife succeed in things she wants to achieve, you know, mm-hmm. makes me feel really good, really mm-hmm. proud of her. Mm-hmm. kind of going back to you know training my my sister-in-law and my mm-hmm. nephew um same thing with them mm-hmm. you know anytime I, I help people mm-hmm. or you know s- contribute something to the success in some way mm-hmm. I'm very proud of them yeah you know she you know I'm very prideful in that way mm-hmm. as far as you know when what she, about yourself do you feel do you have that is that how you like live through you know that that pride that you see in other people or do you ever feel can you ever feel that way like about yourself or do you just not really regard yourself that way you know um as far as myself um I thoroughly enjoy contributing to other successes than Mm -hmm. I do my own yeah um I'm not that hard on myself um I really just try to go to the gym and I work hard um but I guess the way I can gauge my success really is how close I can hang with Brandon and Tyler and, <laughs> and Danny. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm close mm-hmm. or even beating them in some way or fashion yeah. or form, I, I consider that a good day. Danny's um, been getting so fit and strong over the last like probably is. year and a half that he's been a member. So he is, you know, when he first started, um, I would love to talk to him at some point. Um, I sometimes have a little, I've never actually asked Danny to be on the podcast. I did say something to Tracy about it. I feel like, well, I, I'm trying to get Javi on forever, <laughs> but he always tells me his English isn't good enough. And oh. I'm like, it totally is, dude. You're, he's not hard to understand. He yeah. actually speaks English like pretty well or whatever. But I think people 
like Danny, they're just, they, they feel like, oh, I don't, that's not for me because I don't speak English, you know, good enough or whatever. And Danny seems more like a reserve type anyways, but he has been just, he's such a hard worker and he has just come like, he's just come really far, you know? Yeah. I feel like, I don't know how much he knew. How, did he like do barbell stuff before? Or was he just like a soccer player always? Nope, you know what I mean? Soccer player. Yeah. So like yep. he doesn't know how to, he didn't know how to do any of that stuff. And so, then he doesn't even speak English. <laughs> yeah. So from what I'm told from what Tracy mentioned, yeah. he specifically joined, Tracy bought him like a, a I believe a pass, a month pass. Mm-hmm. And she knew I came here. Yeah. So I, she told me ahead of time, like, Hey, I'm going to surprise this surprise him for his birthday with like a month's worth yeah. of crossfit you know are you gonna be there what time do you normally go so yeah. you can be there to help him out yeah you know and so that's how he started out he mm-hmm. just came in and you know i was kind of there and helping him along and now he's just mm-hmm. you know big boy now <laughs> doing his own thing yeah and, you know pushing along and getting yeah. stronger and faster and yeah so and for me you know that i i enjoy seeing those people progress mm-hmm. you know because overall you know, it's, it's the more people you have around you around this, doing the same things, mm-hmm. the better off, the more fun it is. Yeah. Kind of ele- elevates everybody. Like everybody just keeps like, it's like what you're saying. And I, I do recognize that in you and I do appreciate it a lot that yeah. you're always very welcoming and helpful to anyone and everyone, you know, even new people, like you're usually willing to answer questions, like help a new person in class, be their partner, kind of lead them through yeah. and you know, I, as a coach really appreciate that because, you know, I'm coaching a whole group. So it's not like I can, I help try to help as much as possible, but I also have 12, 14, 15 other people in the class. Right. So, you know, some of those newer people, I do really appreciate when, uh, when a more experienced member, someone that's been there a lot longer can kind of be a good example. And I think it just strengthens the community overall, but you just start, you know, elevating people. Right. So like they see you, you see them, so it makes you want to be better, and then they keep wanting to be better, and then you just keep, you know, rising all of the tides, right? Or the boats? I don't know. The, the I, Don't ask me any phrases, okay? <laughs> I did not even mean to bring that up. I just mean, like, I like the the elevation of the people overall. Right, right. and I and I enjoy I enjoy helping. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody ever has a question, I'm more than willing to help. Mm-hmm. Um, a good example was my sister-in-law. Now the other one, Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca, because Esther was trying to get her to join for the longest time. Well, she wasn't. I remember she was a member like a while ago. Like maybe. I don't think she ever was. She wasn't. No, I think maybe. she was. Maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe she came for a short time, maybe. and then she didn't. And then I don't think she's come for like years because then she was working in the Quad Cities. Maybe had a couple kids. You like might, oh, yes. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mm-hmm. remember now. It was when Kyle had the 615 or 630 sweat class oh okay she and had that's, done that that's okay. when she would come okay. because she would work in the quad cities and yeah. so afternoon wouldn't work out for her right so yeah so then once they kind of got away from that morning sweat class she stopped coming mm-hmm. um so she said for the longest time that she blamed kyle for her uh, gaining weight because he got rid of the class we'll just blame him for it anyways yeah <laughs> yeah so um but then recently she Esther was really hard on her trying to get her into the gym Mm -hmm. and she joined. And now, you know, Esther and I would stay for like six o'clock class in the afternoon Mm -hmm. or she'd come at 515 in the morning. Yeah. I've seen you guys be at 515 to come with Rebecca, right? Yeah. yeah, We come with her and to to help her out just because I understand that doing it by yourself is. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And and being newer and yeah, definitely. And so I think by having us come or, you know, having Esther come with her, Mm -hmm. Esther and I would kind of hold her accountable and be like, look. I'm making the effort to get up. Get up, yeah. You better be getting up. (laughs) 
you know, yeah. and if, and if I'm there to help you, then I'll be there to help you. Yeah. You know, so, you know, now we've kind of kicked her out of the, ne- out, out of the nest and, <laughs> and, you know, she's on her own. Yeah. But, uh, but she's coming and she's doing it. The but. weird thing is I think I've only seen her one day. She must've came with you guys on a Saturday or something. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe I coached a different class because maybe I had switched around some classes or something, but like, yeah. Cause I think, doesn't she mostly come to that five fifteen? Yeah, that's yeah. the time that usually works out for her. Works Once in a while, her. she'll come to like an four thirty or, or, yeah. or six. But you know, so anyways, when we know she's coming, we try to stick around yeah. and, and hop her out. Yeah. But even even for anybody else, you know, mm-hmm. I'm always willing to to help mm-hmm. or contribute in some way. I'm not a coach by any means as far as CrossFit <laughs> goes or, or strength and conditioning. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I feel like I've done it long enough that I can give some pointers here and there. You mm-hmm. know, point you in the right direction and then let. Mm-hmm. You know, the coaches take yeah. you the rest of the way. I mean, I think the difference of just for an experienced member like you and then someone like me who's been a coach is like I have the added layer of group management, like running the class as a whole. And so, you know, when you're like, OK, I can give tips, pointers, you know, you're you're talking more on that like individual basis of like this is what's helped me. This is what I did to get better at this. Or just from your experience overall, you would know that like, oh, you need to wrap your thumb around or you need to whatever tip like that, you know, because you've been doing it for a long time and you've just probably heard a coach say it a thousand times or something like that. But like uh, I just have that added layer of of the group management, you know, and I'm and and you know that since you've been a coach of groups like. That's a little bit, that just adds a little bit of a layer of difficulty to it. But that's like, I feel like that part of coaching is, is easily learned that like group management and just knowing how to like stay on a timeline and right. you know, that sort of thing. It's the harder thing to, to teach and to learn is, um, that like one-on-one coaching style, I feel like interaction with the actual individual members right. and kind of being able to diagnose issues and help people you know that's the hard part of it you know what I mean it is like I think me doing coaching soccer wise Mm -hmm. has helped me as far as coaching or helping train like anybody yeah you know for at the gym yeah just because I feel like I have a natural knack for Mm -hmm. doing it um I I like to be taught and I like to learn Mm -hmm. uh so Kyle and Gabe were a big one when I first started, you know, Gabe, obviously super technical and, <laughs> and Kyle strategy and all the other stuff. Yeah. And so I have a, uh, a knack for kind of picking up on those things and then mm-hmm. kind of retaining it. Yeah. And then I can give that information to others. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I thoroughly enjoy yeah. learning and being able to. One thing too, with being experienced with coaching, you, you find out that. When you communicate with people, you're trying to teach them something or you're trying to give them tips, pointers, like keeping it simple is one thing and not overwhelming a new person. Right. I think having that experience with coaching, especially when you're saying, you know, you coach 10, 11 year old boys, like you're basically teaching them the very basics of something, you know, where, whereas like, you know, at the gym over here, I'm literally teaching people or like to like to snatch. This is a good, good example, but, um, just because there's progressions to it you know what I mean and you can bring in a brand new person who's never done it before you can get them to do like the high hang power snatch Mm -hmm. just teach them to jump catch 
keep it so simple. They don't need to know anything other than that. Right. Just teaching them like your hands are out wide. You're, you know what I mean? And you just, you jump catch. That's all you got to do. And so I think having experience being a coach, like, you know how to keep it simple with people. Whereas I have seen people in the gym who, yeah, they've been members a long time. And so they have like pointers or tips, but they don't know how to communicate that well to someone who's new. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think also too, along with, learning how to communicate what you're trying to teach them is patience, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for, and in that aspect, I'm very patient with people. Yeah. My wife might tell you otherwise <laughs> when I try teaching her or something. Um, it's different when you're on that level. I feel like, yeah, though. <laughs> it, it is, but you know, it's yeah. taught me if anything else, you know, coaching different age groups mm-hmm. into now helping adults is just being patient and trying to, for lack of a better term, dumb it down to the most oh, basic yeah. form oh you know? yeah and so like show them a success how they can be successful right and right. give them a little confidence of like hey you figured this out and and the patient part just comes from like i recognize i'm not going to get this person being an olympic weightlifter in one session or right. two sessions like this is probably going to be a year-long process of getting them or even longer i mean as you know you can still learn, you can still make improvements on your Olympic lifting, right? There's just, there's just a never ending (laughs) spectrum of things you can work on with that. So I just get people doing the most basic thing, you know, and tell them like, Hey, you're doing great because I don't have this expectation that you're going to have this perfect snatch form the first day or even the first six months or maybe in the first year of you even doing it, you know? And I think that that might be hard for people to comprehend. So I try not to even tell them stuff like that, you know, (laughs) because like, I don't want him to think like, oh, it's going to take me two years to figure this out. It seems like something I shouldn't do. You know what I mean? It's overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, you know, you're telling me that it's going to take like that long. And so I just... I, I don't even want to tell them that. I just want to tell them like, yeah, just keep working on it. You're just going to get better every single time. Yeah, you know? when you put it that way, it can sound very discouraging. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's going to take you five years yeah. you know, until you fully feel comfortable. Right. I mean, I'm, I've been at it for five years and I'm not perfect at anything by yeah. any means. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you feel better about doing movements. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the more you do them. Yeah. Um, so I try to encourage people that way and, and tell them like, look, you're going to, you're a, a new chick. You're just learning how to <laughs> yeah. spread your wings and fly. Yeah, you know, baby bird. <laughs> yeah, you're a baby bird right now. You're yeah. not going to fly right off the bat. Yeah. It's going to take you a little while. You're going to have to, you know, learn to walk before mm-hmm. you run. Um, but the good thing about the gym is, you know, we have great coaches that help you along. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, the good thing about what we do as far as the people in the gym is is you can you get to see those progressions. Mm-hmm. You know, Rebecca is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she came in and she didn't know how to clean and jerk. Mm-hmm. You know? For sure. <laughs> so for a while there, I was, you know, trying to teach her, like, this is the way you need to pull it. This is where she'd be landing, you know, mm-hmm. under your chin, not out in front of you. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't hold the weight of the bar into your arms. You should be catching it with your upper body. Yeah. You know, and, and seeing her now mm-hmm. progress through that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it really it's, is. You know, and it's funny. And that's where I find my successes. You know, like mm-hmm. I hope my sister-in-law. Yeah. Learn how to clean and drink, yeah. you know. But yeah. of course, I wasn't the only one that contributed to yeah. it. But she also, you know, yeah. it helped. Yeah. You know, so. It is super gratifying. And I will say that 
sometimes just with my natural personality, my natural inclination is that I want to take credit for everybody's progress. You know, I've like been your coach or whatever, but I have learned to so much appreciate the other coaches and their perspectives that they have. And I really like that we're able to mix our classes up a little bit so we can coach some different people because you just see people differently and we all have our different strengths. Right. You know what I mean? And so I think that it's really nice to be able to have like a little bit of a, of a mix, you know, to where you can recognize something in someone. I might say it a different way or, you know, just, you just connect better on specific movements with a certain coach or whatever. Um, so I definitely like that the team atmosphere that we have because it is just so amazing. I just, you know, I've completely like shifted my mindset now over six years of coaching, but like just to see people be successful in the gym, you know, and it actually, it kind of pains me sometimes. I, and when, when people leave, not leave because they move or change jobs or like that sort of stuff, but if they leave because they didn't get what, like what they needed out of the gym or if they get injured or something like that. Like right. it all, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit, you know? And it's funny to me too. It's yeah. not, and it's not my gym. Yeah. <laughs> but I treat it like it is my gym mm-hmm. just for the simple fact that, you know, I, I want to see people there, mm-hmm. you know, just as much as Kyle wants to, people to be in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoy seeing people in the gym mm-hmm. and I get sad when people leave, Yeah, you know, especially if like, I understand if it's for work or, you know, they you had to move, move for certain reasons, yeah. sure. But if they leave because they didn't enjoy it, you know, sometimes I feel like, what could I have done to maybe help them along? I know. I'm not a coach, but, yeah. you, know, you know, maybe I could have been a better uh, friend, friend or, yeah. member. Yeah. You know, and so. I know. You, you know, when stuff like that happens, <laughs> you know, it, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's, like I said, not my gym. Yeah. But I do feel it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's just because you kind of know what they're missing out on. Right. And just just like what we talked about a few episodes ago is I think it's more the people that kind of like fade away, you know, because they let things in their lives kind of like distract them or it's not even like on purpose necessarily. It might not even be like their choice, but um, they might not even want that to happen. It's just kind of like what does or whatever. I Yeah, it does always kind of make me. Uh, like a little bit sad and then I do a lot of the times we'll think about you know what what do we do better to because of course everybody that joins I want them to stay <laughs> of course you know the more people around you the yeah. better the funner atmosphere it is you definitely know? you don't yeah. want it's not as fun when you got three or four people in class as opposed to you yeah. know 15 yeah 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 I like do you like that number like 15 people that's like a good number I think 15 is a good number yeah you got you got people in there you, know, you feed off the energy uh-huh. but when you got like sweat class 25 people yeah. 30 people that's a lot of people it's a little bit it's a little bit too many people probably I mean, it's sometimes. good to see that many people there yeah totally I just wonder yes yeah, sometimes I do wonder if um there's like we should do something about that because I sort of feel like there is a sweet spot with like you want at least 12 people in class probably but once you get like more than like 18 it starts to feel like too many people crowded (laughs) yeah yeah and then and then it starts to affect your experience a little bit for the negative you know because you do want like I said like you want like 15 people in your class for like the energy and stuff but after you start getting like over 20 then it starts to feel like a little bit like 
oh, you're, there's probably equipment you wanted to use that you didn't get to use. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how Peyton does it, but sweat class regularly. Yeah. Almost 20 people every time. Well, I mean, Peyton prepares in advance. You know, she has been coaching that class for a long time. So she knows the people well. She knows the workouts, you know, like what I was saying earlier with being a coach, you, you have that added layer. You're, you're kind of seeing that 30,000 foot view of the layout of the class, the structure of the class, how you're going to get people to move from point A to point B in an effective, efficient manner, how you're going to keep people safe. So, you know, she's thought of all that in advance and, you know, you think about like your equipment. Well, okay. If I have 24 people, I only have 20 racks or something. You know what I'm saying? I only have 20 of this. So now how am I going to accommodate, you know, the extra people? So I think the main reason that, you know, it works and people still enjoy the class is just that, you know, Peyton has pre-planned, you know, she's thought of it before class starts. Right. And so I think I think the attitudes of a lot of those people, too, is that they're fine to adapt. You know, I think that there are people in the gym in our regular classes who would be upset if the programming was maybe changed or if they had to alter the workout a little bit, because some people are kind of anal about doing the workout the way it's written. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not one of them, but yes. Yeah. You know, like I think you would probably be more willing. Oh, I have to share a box today because there's not enough boxes and you'll still get a good, get a workout and it'll be fine. But honestly, in the end, it probably affected your score a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I honestly don't care. Yeah. I I do care, but I don't care overall. Yeah. As far as my score, I only like to care because then you can't compare it. (laughs) I can't compare it to Brandon and Tyler and, you know, Kyle and and Danny and Dylan, you know, but overall I know in the end of the day, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm always willing to give up my box or mm-hmm. give up certain things mm-hmm. if it helps contribute to the overall success yeah. of that person. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's no big deal. But for some people, I know like it's hard for them to give up those things. And I think know, it has to. something to do more with their expectations. So they've we put the workouts out in advance, you know, right. and we do that because... We want people to be prepared for what they have to do because, you know, in the CrossFit space, it's always like, you know, a lot of gyms, even to this day, still don't release their workouts in advance, you know, because they don't want people cherry picking or whatever their reasons are. They want people to be prepared for anything at at all times. And I just don't think that that's super realistic. I mean, the members are adults. Like, I think it's totally fine to have the workouts in advance. You know what I mean? And so... I think what happens is a lot of people prepare themselves for like what's written there and they mentally go through, how am I going to feel? How am I, especially more experienced people, right? Like brand new people probably don't know. They don't have an expectation as much because they haven't done these things as much, right? So this is more like for a little bit more experienced people, but I think they go through and they have expectations and they've pictured it in their mind. And then if they show up to the gym and they have to alter it a little bit, I don't think that some people are as good at adapting or making that change like last minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where the issue comes in. I don't really think it's that people are, Oh my gosh, I have to do this exact thing. And, and I'm not willing to like, you know, share a box or something. I just think it's more like, Oh, now I have to switch my brain around. And that takes me time to like process. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. Yeah. So people in general aren't that great with change, I think. (laughs) 
<laughs> some people are. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think we're very fortunate in the sense that we do have great programming. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that Kyle puts it out a week in advance, yeah. week and a half when he tries. Mm-hmm. Um, because I am one of those people that like to look ahead mm-hmm. and simple, simply just because I do work out at noon at my job. I have a gym, so I like to bodybuild. Okay. So I try not to work the same muscles I'm going to work at noon and then do the same thing in the afternoon. So I kind of like to look ahead. Yeah. But uh, in that aspect, you know, I I enjoy the programming. I enjoy the fact that it's out ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're very fortunate to have the type of gym we have just because Esther and I have gone out to different gyms Mm -hmm. in California, Chicago, and... The majority of them are very disappointing. Oh, yeah. You know, some people don't know what it's like out there because they've never been to a different True, gym. they don't. Yeah. And so they know we have a structured program that it's, you know, strength and then conditioning. Yeah. Some places only have just strength or just conditioning. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the f- type of facility we have is is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, having our own showers is huge. Mm-hmm. Sauna, huge. <laughs> you know, yeah. but, you know, there's a couple, a gym we went to in Chicago that was very small. Yeah. And we paid $30 each to drop in. Mm-hmm. Well, it is Chicago. So. It is. It is <laughs> Chicago. Um, and they were the only gym. We've been to like six different ones. Mm-hmm. They were the only one that charged us. Oh. The only one. <laughs> yep. And I was more disappointed I wasn't upset that I had to pay. Mm-hmm. I was upset that I paid for a, essentially a 15 minute workout. Like a bad experience. A, yeah. Yeah. The guy was great, but he went off whatever the workout of the day was for yeah. CrossFit. Oh yeah. And it was like a, a thruster burpee one mm-hmm. for time. I was like three or four rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in good enough shape, you can probably get it done in like sub 10 minutes. <laughs> Average was like 12 to 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did like a five minute warm up straight into the workout. Wow. And like gave you no time to warm up to the weight that you're going to do for the workout. Okay. And so I'm like rushing to try to get some warm up in. Cause I know like I have a bad back. Yeah. If I don't warm up, you know, I'm going to feel it the next day. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to warm up and the gym is so small. You could only do like three or four people at a time because it was burpees and thrusters. Hmm. And so I did my workout, uh, Esther did hers, and we were done with like 25 minutes left in class. That sounds and crazy. And then he didn't like, fill the time with oh, anything? Oh, he tried. Or? He's like, well, we got 25 minutes. Let's uh, kind of made stuff up on the fly. Like, I mean, like, I so as a coach, I don't really understand that because you would know that in advance. Right. Like, you, Even if you hadn't, even if that was your first class of the day that you coached, you would look at the programming and you would be like, okay, so this workout takes this long, the, this, the transition takes this, and then the workout's going to take this, and then the cool down. Oh, I have 25 minutes left of class. So, okay, I'm going to add in a teaching moment. I'm going to add in a primer. I'm going to add in a strength piece. I'm going to add in a accessory Pete like you would know that in advance so I find it strange that he would be like blindsided by the fact that he has like so much time left he it was so much time and then he's like well let's see and he pulled out an app like a CrossFit app like a randomizer oh and he ended up doing like three random movements okay to fill the time which was like sit-ups air squats and I forgot what else it was but he kind of just made it up on the fly that's strange and so you know for that experience the guy was 
good mm-hmm. as far as he had a good attitude. Yeah. But the experience itself kind of like just threw yeah. me off. And it's like, man, I really miss my gym. Like, <laughs> it, like going to different gyms kind of brings in that aspect of we have it really good. Yeah. You know, we're, we're kind of spoiled in that way. Yeah. And we have great programming, great gym, great coaches. I mean, I guess like I don't even have tons of experience at, at other gyms. So I just, <laughs> in my opinion, I'm always sitting there. I don't know. You can probably relate to this, but I'm always sitting there like, what could I have done better in that class? Or, you know, I'll have classes where I was like, man, I really should have done that better. Or I'll realize like some mistakes that I've made or something. Yeah. And then I'm so upset about it. And then I might think like, oh, people are going to be thinking about this bad experience that they had like in my class. But it's really all like on the back end of things on my side of things where like, yeah, I have probably to the point where um, any sort of mistakes that I would make would be probably pretty minor, you know, whereas people would probably be like, yeah, I wish you would have done that, but it's, it wasn't really that big of a deal. But like, to me, you know, I'm always over here and I know that the other coaches on my team are the, are the same way, you know? And I think maybe that's why, just cause we're always like analyzing everything we just did and said. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like anything, you know, when I was coaching and if a parent didn't like something in particular, in yeah. particular, yeah. particular, yeah. Um, you know, you kind of take it to heart, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, okay, then how could I have done it differently? Mm-hmm. You know, so I can see where you're coming from. Well, I think aspect. being able to take the criticism too and be like, okay, or just, you know, being self-reflective about the class and just maybe what you could have done better and then trying to improve for next time and, you know, just making changes and just incrementally over time, just like everybody does with all the movements at the gym, you just get better right. over time with that mentality. You know, but not everybody's criticism is something you need to care about or something that you need to make changes for. So I think with your experience and your confidence, you can learn to separate when a criticism is something that is like, that's a them problem. You know, that wasn't really a you problem. You know what I mean? So, um, and you obviously don't say that to them. You're not like, well, this is your problem. You know what I mean? But obviously you learn how to like deal with those issues you know but yeah I can imagine parents have to be the worst you know because the stuff they come to you with it's not always legit it's not always something you need to address you know what I mean so most depends yeah most (laughs) parents are always looking out for the best interest of their Their own child their own child not the team or not the team and unfortunately nowadays um it's driving coaches away Mm -hmm. you know for a point there when I was coaching there was a season there where it was just so full of negative parents mm-hmm. that I wanted to stop coaching mm-hmm. just because it was nonstop. Yeah. Just, and what, what are the ages of the kids? I typically, towards the end of my last few years of coaching, I was mo- mainly focused on high school girls Okay. at that time. Okay. And, uh, and I did have a younger group here and there, but my main focus was the older group. So you um, think the parents got worse as the kids got older? Because earlier you were mentioning that you were coaching 10 to 11-year-olds. You know, do, Are the parents different of 10 to 11-year-olds in high school? or? Yeah, um, just because the younger they are, the more that idea is everybody gets playing time. Okay, okay. got it. So yeah. you, you feed into everybody gets equal playing time for the most part. Because they're learning. Because they're learning. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. But then once you start getting into that aspect where it becomes competitive, mm-hmm. parents are competitive Mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah. through their child. Mm -hmm. And so they want to see the best for their child, mm -hmm. but it's for their child. Mm -hmm. And as coaches, sometimes, well, the majority of the time, you should be doing what is right for the team. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that involves making hard decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, some kids are going to get a lot more playing time mm -hmm. than some other ones. Or, or certain kids you need to start. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're better than someone else. But because they're better at X, Y, Z, they need to be the starter of the of the team or you need to fit the pieces in, you know, like Isabel's in track right now. And it's like, well, he's got the coach has to put together, put people in the slots to get the most points. Mm -hmm. And that's not maybe always what you want to run or where you think you should be. But he knows based on who's going to be at the meet, like, OK, well, this person's going to be able to get me points in this race or like you know what I mean and so right. you end up like maybe not necessarily in things you think you should be in or but like for the sake of the overall team no this is where you need to be and right. then you need to like have the mentality that no matter where my coach puts me I'm gonna do my absolute best right and you know as as you start to get more competitive kids obviously become competitive but the parents tend to the majority of them think that their kid is the best in the world and, you know, they do no wrong. And, you know, mm -hmm. so when you when you bring the idea that maybe your kid isn't as good as you think, it becomes an issue. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot of it's how you present those situations. Yeah. But, you know, as unfortunately nowadays and I don't know what it is, but youth sports nowadays has become sometimes toxic. It's horrible. Very horrible. Parents don't care. Um, so you find less refs, less coaches, mm -hmm. uh, more well, complaining. I mean, I think a lot of the thing is, you know, cause I'm, I'm in this realm right now to where like my husband has coached teams and the school or whatever has been like begging for coaches at different times. Or, you know, when you're dealing with youth league, you're, you're dealing with other parents as coaches and they're all volunteers. And, you know, I've just, I've been on both sides of it. I've also had to come to terms with the fact that, you know, my kid isn't great, isn't the best at certain sports. And I'm, I, I'm okay with it. I've always been okay with it, but I've never been one to like really go to the coach unless I felt like they're being unfair. Sure. And, um, so I get that there's just, there's toxicity on both sides because a lot of the parent coaches are also toxic. You know, they're only there to coach to make sure their own kid gets the playing time. They don't, I like had some experiences where they, you know, especially like for softball or something like that. And it's, it's youth league. These kids are in like third and fourth grade and um, they wouldn't want to like switch up the batting order. And then the problem is if you, you're supposed to be switching it up every single game, but it's a lot easier to just make the batting order you want and then just never change it. Right. The problem is, you know, it's a timed game. So the kids at the bottom of the batting order consistently get less experience. And then I just, I see that as toxic. I see that as narrow minded because these kids are in third and fourth grade. The whole reason we do youth league is just because we're trying to build them into softball players. Right. So if you don't give all the kids kind of an equal amount of time when they're younger, the kids that just get promoted all the time are the ones that keep progressing, right. you know? And then, and then we wonder why when our high school team sucks, you know, it's like, well, um, we didn't really have very good coaching, but then how can you really even criticize them very much because they were willing to put themselves out there to be the coach? I could have done that. I could have put myself out there to be the coach. It's not an easy thing to do. And so, and they're just volunteers. So then it's like, 
we don't want to criticize them too much. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. In my situation, I was actually a paid coach. Yeah. What we call the professional trainer. Yeah. Because at the club, tra- club, traveling club. Right. Um, it's a different. So, different clubs different. have different setups. But yeah. for the one here in town that I was coaching for, uh, you go get your certain license and mm-hmm. then you, you got paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and in me getting paid, I had to coach certain hours a week, travel so much. Um, so you have different expectations a little bit. Different expectations. Yeah. So, you know, in a sense, people, not people, but parents felt that since they're paying for mm-hmm. me to be there, their kids should be getting, you know, playing time. But I think a lot of it, too, is is the coaches as well. I wasn't a great coach by any means when I first started. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I was I was probably really bad. Yeah. Really bad. I I just started playing uh, coaching on a whim. Mm-hmm. Um, some, somebody called me up, be like, Hey, are you interested in doing it? It's volunteer. And I said, you know what? Sure. Mm-hmm. I'll coach middle school boys, yeah. even though I've never coached before. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I look back, you know, and I think about, man, I was a terrible coach. Yeah. I was, I didn't know what I was doing, but I made the effort to learn, mm-hmm. to learn what I, what I'm doing wrong. How can I improve on it mm-hmm. and what I can do better the next time? Yeah. And a lot of it, too, is just accepting help and accepting criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made plenty of mistakes along my coaching career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I've pissed people off and <laughs> I know I, I've said things maybe I shouldn't have mm-hmm. or I reacted a certain way. Maybe I've as an adult, I shouldn't have, but mm-hmm. never towards kids. Yeah. It was mainly towards, you know, your co-workers their parents. <laughs> yeah. or their parents, you know. Yeah. But the important thing is, is that as a coach, you grow, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you stay stagnant then kids will stay stagnant Mm -hmm. you know so for me it was always important that i always kept up on learning new things and you know staying positive but Mm -hmm. the coaches that do have kids on the team Mm -hmm. fall into that trap of how can i make this team better for my kid Mm -hmm. you know yeah and so for me, since I didn't have any kids in the club, it was mm-hmm. easy to make any decision because they couldn't say, well, it's because your kid is yeah. the starting goalkeeper. The yeah. Starting, you know, for yeah. me, it was, so I had an excuse. These are not my kids. Yeah. I have no personal interest in any of them besides yeah. I want them to get better yeah. and I want to do what's and best I for the team. And I want to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on, on, on one level, I actually am fine with parent coaches prioritizing their kids a little bit because I think you can... I think you earn the privilege by being the coach to begin with. If you're going to volunteer, if you're going to put your time in to work with kids, you know, and, and be the coach because, you know, even though you wouldn't be a great coach necessarily, maybe you're not because you don't know what you're doing. You're still organizing the practices, bringing the equipment, facilitating the, the practice. Right. You're there at the games, putting yourself out there, you know, in front of all the parents, you're like putting on a performance basically. So on some level, I respect that position. And if your kid is the starter or your kid plays the position they want, I get it. If I wanted that for my kid, I should have went out there and been the coach, you know? So I, on some level, I do, I do respect that position. And, and I'm not out there criticizing people like for that. What I was just upset about was if you're not able to think about the whole team and you're not able to think about giving everyone an opportunity, that's kind of when I start having an issue. Right. Like I totally get it that, you know, you're, you're the coach. So if your kid wants first base, then my kid's probably not going to get first base. And I'm like, okay, fine. As long as my kid gets to play, 
then I'm, you know, fine with it or whatever. And I, I totally also recognize that there are different abilities and there are some kids, even in your, even in youth league, when they're all supposed to play like equal playing time, I just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Especially when they're young, it should, it should be equal playing time. Obviously that changes when they get older. Yeah. But like, man, I just came off of uh, basketball and my husband coached basketball this last year. And, um, I think basketball might be a little bit different than like softball. I don't, I don't really know about soccer, but, um, basketball takes a certain level of, I don't want to say skill cause you don't need to have a ton of skills, but a certain amount of like agility or awareness of like being on the court. And there are some kids who literally like get hit in the back of the head with the ball because they just stand around and look down and they can't, you know, functioning in that fast, like kind of paced environment. There, sure. Some kids are just literally not set up well for that. And, and I'm not saying they shouldn't go out or shouldn't play because I think you could get better at something like that. But it's difficult to give a kid like that equal playing time. It you is. You know what I mean? It, it, trust me. I made... I made, like I said, when I first started coaching, I made many mistakes. Yeah. And for me, probably treating those kids that weren't as athletic as their peers at that age, you know, you you want to almost like not put them in. Mm -hmm. But as you grow up and as you become Mm -hmm. a better coach, you learn you should put them in because Mm -hmm. um, with practice, you get better at things. Yeah, for sure. You know, so as hard as it is to make those decisions because you want to win. But at the end of the day, you're only hindering that kid from mm-hmm. learning and getting better. Yeah. And so I made the mistake when I was younger in my coaching career of not putting those kids in often mm-hmm. or enough mm-hmm. where I would, I would piss some parents off, mm-hmm. you know, but for me, I was like, we, I'm here to win. But at the same time, you know, I should have been thinking of what mm-hmm. I should be doing better for the yeah. kid as opposed to what I, what makes me feel better. Yeah. Cause as a coach, it always makes you feel good to win. Yeah. Cause you're like, I'm doing my job. Yeah. But at the same time too, the priority should be pushing these kids along to get better. Winning. Isn't that important at that age? No. It's and not. I don't. So when I'm like watching the season or whatever, you know, my husband isn't really there when he was coaching, you know, he wasn't really there to like coach for the win, but he's thinking about teaching them fundamentals. Right in practice and then getting them to execute that in the game and learn their mistakes and right. teaching them like, okay, so see when you did that, what this happened. So now you're going to do this, you know? So like they do the practice, they run the plays and then they practice running the plays like in real time. Right. There are certain kids, especially at those younger ages, like fourth, fifth grade that have a really hard time with that transition, like learning like a play of like Mm -hmm. how to do that. And then you're in the game and the kids that like are trying to learn how to execute, they can't execute because this person didn't figure it out and then couldn't like play their part in it, you know? And so not that I'm saying they shouldn't go out there and play it or whatever. It was just, I could see how difficult it was to be like, to give that kid like a quote unquote equal. Cause in basketball, it's actually hard to, cause you don't get a control when you go in and out. You kind of have to wait for breaks in the game. You have to wait for the, the ref to give you the okay to like switch the kids out. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's a little bit more difficult to be exactly like equal or whatever, yep. but, um, 
man, it's just, it, it can be like frustrating even for the, the other kids who are playing and like have it kind of figured out, man. Yeah. It's just like a tough age because that like fourth to sixth grade, like age range or whatever, mm-hmm. there's just such a, also a range of ability in there. Like not only like cognitive, like, but you know, also with their reflexes and their ability to think fast and move fast. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a tough situation. And if they have a bad attitude, it makes it Oh, kids with bad attitudes with me. Oh, yeah. So that so that's kind of the problem. Like, if if there's kids with good attitudes, but they are just out there flailing around, it's so much more enjoyable to put it them is. in the game and just let them go out there because they're having a good time and they're good kids and and they try. So I I guess maybe what I'm kind of shitting on is the kid who who has the bad attitude and is also not like figuring it out. You know what I mean? It's just like. It's really difficult. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd much rather have a kid with a great attitude and not be athletic. Oh, yeah. In my mind, I can't teach attitude. I could. Attitude is kind of like what you bring. Mm-hmm. You know, I can control all the other things. Mm-hmm. I can't control your attitude. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a negative attitude when you come to practice, mm-hmm. you know, I can't do anything about that. But what I can do, I can still physically make you better. I can control all the other aspects. But yeah. That's what I was you know, was taught is you mm-hmm. can't teach attitude or effort, mm-hmm. but you can teach all the other things. Mm-hmm. So kids who come in with the attitude of, I want to be here and I'm going to try, mm-hmm. I may not be the best, but I'm going to try. Those kids are so much easier to coach. Oh man. But the so ones much. that come in and just love to just be a pain mm-hmm. and don't try or yeah. think that they don't need to learn because they've learned everything they needed to learn yeah. and they have such a bad attitude about it. Yeah. Those are the kids I struggle with because- right. You know, it's it's hard to work with those kids. I feel like those are the parents, too, that then you struggle with because the type of kid that's being a pain in the ass, you're not inclined to want to put them in the game. And so but they might actually be a decent player. Right. So then the parents are like, well, how come you're not playing my kid? My kid's a good player. And it's like, well, your kid is a shithead and maybe they need to work on their attitude. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, it's happened to me. Yeah. I've gotten many, many parent conversations just because simply because of that. Yeah. You know, just because, well, your kid has a terrible attitude yeah you know how am I going to justify to little Timmy over there that <laughs> you know he's not going to get playing time even though he shows up to every practice yeah. and contributes and he's positive and he's good around his teammates yeah and how am I going to tell all this kid over here that doesn't show up doesn't give effort has mm-hmm. a bad attitude but he's just physically naturally- athletically gifted yeah it, it's hard it's hard oh yeah that's that's a fine line right there it is yeah I just I guess I'm just I don't know. I, I'm the type of person with my own kids that I would just, I, I would not encourage like a bad attitude. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard because I grew up, my grandparents raised me, I mentioned yeah. this before, um, and my grandfather was always very hardworking. He had to mm-hmm. work hard for everything he had to do. Mm-hmm. And that naturally was instilled in me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've always had to work hard for, for everything I've done. Mm-hmm. Nothing has been given to me on a platter and I just, mm-hmm. you know, ran off with it. Mm-hmm. I grew up working hard, you know, having to earn things, mm-hmm. you know. So when I see kids nowadays where their parents are working hard and they're putting out money to pay people like me to coach their kids and they have a bad attitude about it, it irks me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it irks me because I'm like, you you don't have, you have no idea how good you have it. Mm-hmm. You have parents that are willing to spend money mm-hmm. for you to do an extracurricular activity. Yeah. 
you know, while you have other parents out there that can't afford to have their kids in extracurricular, yeah. you know, activities yeah. and, and do all this stuff. Yeah. And you want to have a bad attitude about it. Yeah. They love to give their kid the opportunity yet. You know, they, they're not able yep. to, for whatever reason. And yep. so it's, it's hard for me to that irks you. I know. Yeah. I know. It irks me just cause I, I, I had to earn everything, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I've been yeah. given certain opportunities, but it's up to me to run away with them. Yeah. To take advantage of it or right. to maximize the potential of the opportunity that is given to you. Right. Yeah, for sure. So I don't, I guess like we probably need to wrap up. I don't know how long you've been talking to me, but you had said that you'd been wanting to come on like for a while and we've been trying to like get it scheduled or whatever. Yeah. Finally got it scheduled. Did you have like anything specific that you wanted to talk about or? Uh, nothing in general. Just, just trying to bring a, a more positive atmosphere to the gym. Yeah. Just come through, mm-hmm. you know, all that's all I ask is <laughs> give it a shot, give yeah. it a chance, you know, and if I'm around, don't hesitate to ask mm-hmm. me any questions. Like I said, I'm not a coach by any means, yeah. but I'm always willing to help, you know, yeah. come um, meet Kevin. Yeah. Come meet it. me. It's worth <laughs> it. Yeah. But, uh, just, uh, just overall that it's been a huge positive thing mm-hmm. in my life. So I know it, it can be for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I know it's yeah. done, it's done wonders for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in better shape now and now that I'm 35 mm-hmm. than I was in my 20s. You're 35 now? I guess I didn't know how old you were. 35. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And we 36 in July. Oh, well, just yeah. hang on to that 35 as long I, as I'm possible. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. You know, my hair is getting thinner. It, does, yeah. it takes longer to recover. Yeah. But, you know. That's okay. I, I, I enjoy. Mm-hmm you know, being where I am. A lot of the guys you mentioned that you quote unquote compete with, they're, they're around your age. So I'm older. Yeah. Brandon's like, how old's Brandon? 47? I think six? he's like, he's five years older than me. I think. I think he's like 10 four years, years older than me. I bet Brandon's like 47, six. Maybe. He's going to be so mad when he listens to this. Yeah. He's like, I'm 42 bitches. <laughs> no, t- he's not. He's older than me. Tyler's sure. going to be 40 sometime this year. I think pretty soon. Is it this gets, year that he turns 40? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure his birthday's coming up here pretty soon. Oh no. And I give him a hard time because I will say he's 40. And he's like, I'm not 40 yet. Yeah. Yeah. Stop saying that asshole. Yeah. I think <laughs> some people have a hard time. My husband was one of those too. He had a hard time like turning 40. I don't think he was a fan. He turned 40 last May. I don't, I don't think he was a fan at all. I can see where being 40 is like a hard number. Yeah, I will say I have probably noticed some definitely some changes like physically being over 40. I don't know if it's self-fulfilling prophecy or if it's for real, though. You know how you can convince yourself of things? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, oh, my gosh, like now that I'm 40, I am my recovery takes so much longer. And now I just have that in my mind that that's the truth, you know. And on some level, it probably is the truth. I don't know. I want to be realistic, but I also don't want to be, um, use that stuff as like an excuse, you know, like, well, I'm 40 now. It's like, well, how much of a difference does it make? Like some, I don't really know. You know what I mean? And then like earlier you said you have a bad back. Cause, um, if you listen to the last episode, like you, you go through that, you got an injury like to your back, like a long time ago. Was it from, what did you say? Sledding? It's like a sledding accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but you still deal with that kind of on and off side or is it kind of all the time? It's all the time. Like there's days where I feel like degrees, degrees. There's days where it feels good. It's, it's, it's there, but I feel really good. And there's days where I wake up and my back hurts so bad Mm -hmm. just to bend over and tie my shoes. Yeah. Um, it can just be random. Yeah. Like 
one thing that I know that for sure sets it off is like hinging over many times. So like like yeah. dumbbell snatches, like a high volume, high huh? volume deadlift. Yeah. Um, so I usually stay lighter on that. Yeah. Because I think about the next day. Yeah. You know, but but my back is just weird in a sense where like even minute things like running. Mm-hmm. Like the other day we were doing the the 300 meter run uh box overs uh burpees i ended up kind of synchroing it with tyler it was an individual workout i believe it was earlier this week yeah but just simple jumping and running gets my back pumped up so bad and uh i am on a weight restriction technically from the doctor oh really yeah the last time have you been abiding that uh esther tries to keep me in check Um, anytime I near, I do too. I feel like I do too. I'll be like, are you sure you want to do that weight yeah. for this? Cause what, what was the one day, um, where Kyle was like, yeah, this weight's too heavy, but I'm going to do it. And then if I do it, I know I'm going to get everybody else to do it. And then like, weren't you and Dylan, you shared like, you did like the 95 pound, was it snatch 95 pound? And then there was like running. What was that? Oh, yeah, it yeah. was a partner. I think it was a partner, uh, Jimmy and Kyle, Kyle. Were partners together. Yeah. And I came at 8.30. It was like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Esther and I took a Thursday, Friday off. Yeah. And so we came at 8.30 and Jimmy and, and Kyle partnered up and I was there with Dylan. And yeah. it was a snatch, snatch and... And I was asking you about... It was snatch and running, I think. I don't know if there's something else in there. Burpees. Snatch, push-up. That's what it push was. Push-up, push-up. Yeah, yeah. Push-up. Oh, I know what it was. Like you did a round and then your partner did a round. Right. And you just like alternated like that for like so many rounds or something. Yeah, like it was that. like complete 12 rounds, eight rounds. Oh, with a six run rounds, and then and you ran rounds, together. And then you between. ran yeah. every time you hit your number. Okay. So I remember Kyle telling me like 95 is just like, it's, it's really too heavy, but that's what we're all going to do. And I remember talking to you because I'm like, because I kind of know picking up off the floor for like a lot. I kind of mm-hmm. know that that can irritate you. So I remember asking like, Hey, so you might want to drop to like a hang snatch because you can stay like chest more like upright right. and you're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to see how I feel like blah, blah, blah. And then you're just doing the whole workout at 95. <laughs> yeah. There's some days where like I feel crappy going into the gym. Yeah. I'm not sure how my back is going to react. Mm-hmm. So I try to do it as RX as I can. Mm-hmm. And if it starts to bother me, then I'll, I'll scale it down. Mm-hmm. But if it starts to feel good or starts to loosen up, mm-hmm. then I'll stick with it. Yeah. But I, I really try to be smart about how I approach it just mm-hmm. because I think about the long term now mm-hmm. instead of the today. Yeah. So I think about I want to be here the rest of the week. Yeah. As opposed to deadlifting 350 pounds today. Yeah. You know, it's hard because I have to fight my ego to be like knowing that, you know, I go back yeah. to Danny because when he first started, he can barely deadlift, you know, a right. hundred pounds. <laughs> right. And I just saw today that he deadlifted like three fifteen for yeah. reps, you know, yeah. and, and I'm like at two forty five, uh-huh. you know, but it's more of a choice because I don't want to suffer the consequences mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. But I have to bite my ego yeah. at the gym and be like, all right, I know I shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. If I do it, the risk is I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to hurt my back. Mm-hmm. And then I won't be able to come for the next few weeks because yeah. when I injure my back, it usually puts me out for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so I am on a weight restriction technically through the doctor because the last time I did hurt myself deadlifting mm-hmm. and it was at the old gym. Mm-hmm. It was at the old gym. Mm-hmm. I was deadlifting like 300 pounds mm-hmm. and it just went. Yeah. I just felt it in my back. Then I was out. Yeah. I went to work 
like barely able to walk in and my coworkers are like, what's wrong with you? I'm yeah. like, I hurt myself. I think I might have to go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it, it hurt real bad. Yeah. You know, so then the doctor, when I went to go see the specialist, he's like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. CrossFit. Oh, you're one of those guys. You know, and so yeah. he's like, well, essentially my bone, I forget what it's called, but your, your vertebrae sit on top of each other. Yeah. People, what they have, typically they have a slipped disc. Mm-hmm. I don't have a slipped disc. Mm-hmm. My bone is actually offset from each other Mm. so it actually sticks out and i do have a bulge in my back but it's from the bone kind of protruding out a little bit yeah so i run the risk of if i injure it Uh it could slip even more yeah there's certain degrees and the next degree for me would be paralysis Mm -hmm. because then it would be pinching on the nerve or i can possibly tear it or where they go in and like fuse it together or something like maybe the, the plan is is when i was younger was they told me they could fuse the bones together but I would be severely restricted physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so they told me to tolerate the pain as long as I could. Mm-hmm. And that type of surgery would be something for the future, mm-hmm. you know, down the road when I'm done being physically active, which I thought would be around this time. But yeah, no. <laughs> I feel so good at 35. Yeah. You know, you know I feel good, you know, so yeah. I still have to be very careful about how I approach certain workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I'm just a walking wounded here. It's my if it's not my back, it's my shoulder, and if it's not my shoulder, it's you know my knee. So it's just a product of being an active person. I know that uh, our particular style of training, or just people who lift and work out in general, I think always get a bad rap of like, oh, well, you're just going to be injured, you know. And I don't want to be an injured person all the time. Right. But it really has nothing to do with that. Being an active person, you're going to get injured. Being a non-active person, especially into your age, you're going to be injured. You're going to be injured because, you know, your back's going to hurt from not being strong, right? And you sit at a desk all the time. Or um, you're going to fall because you're not strong. Like, I, I think a lot of the, the injuries and issues come when people, you know, are in their later 30s, 40s, 50s. Like, they get injured all the time because they're not strong. You know what I mean? But to get strong comes with risk. Right. And so I just think like, don't let the fear of an injury keep you from being active because you can recover from an injury. There's always stuff you can do. Um, You'll always be able to do something to, to get stronger. You just might like, you know what you said, you might have to modify it. You might have to go lighter. And that's just something that you need to deal with. Like that is something you need to face head on come to terms, process, deal with it, and you'll be better off for it, you know? But I, I, I think a lot of people, it's just too hard. It's it's hard, you know? It is hard. It I is have hard. chronic back problems too, as, as literally everyone who listens to this podcast knows. <laughs> and um, so I feel your, I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, it helps having, like I said, having Esther there. She knows what my weight, restrict, weight restriction is. Yeah. So she always counts the weight Plus, she doesn't want to deal with you. Like she's the one who's like has to do everything for you when you're hurt. She's always like, if you hurt yourself, I'm I'm not gonna baby you. Right. I'm like, but you have to. (laughs) Yeah. That's what you signed up for. She's like, I'm gonna be so mad while I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm not gonna be nice about (laughs) it. I won't enjoy it for one second. Uh, yeah, my husband's been, uh, you know, obviously helpful to me since I hurt my calf and it's been hard to walk, but he always like makes digs about it. Like I will, I was so excited a, a couple of weeks ago when I was able to like walk all around the track and like, was like feeling so much better. And, and he's like, yeah, you're walking better, but it's still super slow. Like I'm still annoyed to walk anywhere with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's just like, 
you know, when your spouse, the person that you live with, you know, has to deal with it day in and day out, it just wears on him. And and I can appreciate that. But I wanted him to also be excited, you know, like that I'm getting better. (laughs) Small progress. Yeah. But he's like, well, you should already be better by now. What's taking you so long to get healed up? And I'm like, "Mm, probably because I'm 42. I don't know. I ripped my calf muscle and it just takes a long time to heal. And if uh, I were younger, it probably would have. Is that the official official diagnosis? No, I never got an official diagnosis. I, I am working, I, I do have a physical therapist hired as my coach and I, I do work with him and he is aware of it and he does help me process it and he does give me exercises and things that I'm supposed to do and, and advice. Um, but as far as going to a doctor to get it diagnosed, I just never did because they can't, you can't do anything for it. You know, there's just nothing like it's a, if it's a muscle tear, or muscle strain, like you're honestly just waiting like for it to heal and I'm a big proponent of movement, so I don't think just resting it and, you know, like I, I already like wasn't able to use it correctly and I saw a lot of atrophy and a lot of muscle loss in my calf. And now that I've been regaining a lot more function and I've been able to like use the calf more and I've been doing deliberate exercises, I can already see like the, the muscle growth there. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like, well, if I just still wasn't doing anything and I was just still resting it, like I would literally lose my calf muscle. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you don't use it, you lose it. And I've even been having trouble with my knee. All Uh, muscles. Yeah. I've been having trouble with my knee because like I haven't been able to like walk correctly. And so I've had like some knee pain and I'm just, I, I'm mentally kind of getting worn down with it. You know, I have a lot of like ups and downs, so I'm just trying to like process and, and you know, my journey and going through it and just being honest about it, I think can help other people too, because, you know, first of all, like I'm still functional and I can still do things. And so I just try to focus on things that I can do, you know? Right. And I also just try to do a little bit of extra work to help myself out, you know? And so, um, I just don't want people to be like afraid of that or, you know, if they are going through it and struggling to like, it's, that's, you know, it's normal. Like you will get through it, especially like an acute injury. I feel like it's different for those of us who have chronic. (laughs) That's a totally different thing. You have to, you're more learning of how to live with that than you are learning, than you are dealing with the, uh, like healing, Mm -hmm. you know, or like the temper, like I'm currently with my calf. It's a temporary situation. You know, I know that there's an end. I know that there's a point where I'm going to be back to where I'm running, jumping. Right. You know, whereas like with your back, it's like, well, I'm probably never going to get to a spot to where this is healed and I am fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sucks being in your 20s and having, you know, this back pain that, you know, typically you shouldn't have until you're well into your 50s, 60s. And, you know, I'm used to it at this point. But prior to me even joining the gym, it was super bad. Mm -hmm. Like waking up in severe pain, mm-hmm. unable to bend over and tie my shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always told the best thing for that is, you know, strengthening your core mm-hmm. and exercising. And I'm like, well, how can I do that when it hurts? Mm-hmm. You know, but now that I've, I'm, I am where I am mm-hmm. now currently, I understand. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I have that pain, but I understand too that because of what I've been doing over the last five years, it's not nearly as bad as it would, as what it could be. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be severely hampered physically if I wasn't active it's weird but the more active I am the better off I am I uh, dude I totally get it um I totally understand that I actually feel so much worse if I end up 
having to take any time off. Like mm-hmm. I was sick, really, really sick for a week. And I know being sick kind of wreaks some havoc on you physically anyways, but I felt terrible because when I'm sick, I do a lot of sitting and laying down and like you're not active and you're not getting blood flow. And my back got so just so tight, so bad, you know, and I could not wait to start like moving it around again. However, there's a point to where you can do too much. Right. So you kind of have to live in that middle ground. Like you can't do nothing because you'll lose your muscle tone, you'll lose your strength and then it gets worse. But if you overdo it and you lift too much and you push it too hard, well, then it gets worse. (laughs) So I constantly find myself, it's sort of like being in a pinball machine. You're just like bouncing off the sides of like too much, too little, too much, too little. And it's so hard to like figure out like how can I just like stay in the middle and just slowly kind of like raise the ceiling and the floor like over time. Right. You know, (laughs) I run into that issue all the time just because of the guys I do work out with, you know, Tyler, Brandon, mainly because they're there in the afternoon with me, Mm -hmm. Jimmy. So it's hard for me to take time off. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I should, Mm -hmm. but I think I went this last three weeks and my first rest day was yesterday. Oh, dang. Yeah. Because we've been coming in on Sundays. I heard. (laughs) And, you know, and I'll usually, I somehow fell into the part of where I program Sunday workouts and they hate me for it, but at the end of the at the end of the day, at the end they of the are, day, they're happy. They're happy. Yeah. You know, they might be suffering for the next <laughs> week, like Heather and Nikki, where they're Sunday. Yeah. And I hurt my groin Saturday. Yeah. So I was like, I can't really do lifting, but what can I do mm-hmm. that everybody else will still have a good time doing? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I know, bike. 500 calories for time. Yeah. But then every two minutes you stop doing what you're doing and do 10 thrusters, mm-hmm. weighted thrusters. Yeah. You know, and so Nikki was there just to do her own thing. Yeah. And Heather came along. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Heather did not have a partner. Uh-huh. So we kind of coaxed Nikki into yeah. partnering up with Heather. Mm-hmm. And for the next three days, she told me that she was still yeah. suffering from that Sunday workout. Yeah. Wasn't my intention. Yeah. You know, it was supposed to be kind of like an easy day, Uh huh. but it ended up being a lot harder than what I thought Dude, it was. Dude, Nikki gets talked into all kinds of horrible stuff. She did. I feel bad. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't plan for it to be painful for the next yeah. three days, but when you thought about it, the girls mentioned it like right before we started the workout. They're like, you realize we're going to do like 200 thrusters, Yeah. Right? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No problem. You should be able to do it. No problem. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, crap. Yeah. I didn't really think about that. Yeah. But- we had a great time. Yeah. You know, we, we got through it. This is how you learn how to be a programmer, right? Because you got to go that upper echelon. You got to go that 30,000 foot view of like, how many total reps is this going to be? How much total work is this? You know, how right. is this going to wreck people? How are they going to be able to do the next day's programming? Like that's all the stuff Kyle has to think about all the time. Like how do I fit all these puzzle pieces together and, and also fit it within the class sizes, the equipment we have, um, you know, the structure, like it, it's a lot, you know, to put into it. And so I appreciate sometimes people come in on the weekends, like make up their own workouts and stuff. And you can kind of appreciate how difficult it must be to like get all that it to is. go together. It is because I, when I program something, I think about today yeah, and may, maybe not necessarily tomorrow, <laughs> like I do with my, my sister-in-law, my nephew. Yeah. Um, I do a program for them. Um, and because they only come once a week, I yeah. get a little bit more leeway in that sense. Yeah. We're like, it doesn't matter if they're sore for the next yeah. two or three days. I want them to be sore yeah. because they kind of get their week's worth of, yeah. of punishments yeah. <laughs> um, in one hour. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, if I'm program 
programming something for us in the gym, yeah, um, I have to do a better job of thinking about, okay, how is this going to feel Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah. You know, yeah. I felt bad that it was Sunday's workout was so <laughs> long lasting because I, I think we did the Sunday workout and then Monday was more burpees. Yeah. And so I know for a fact that Tracy, Nikki, Heather <laughs> were feeling it for they the next feeling. three days. And they're like, yeah. yeah, we shouldn't have done that. It was yeah. way too hard. Yeah. So I can see where Kyle, it's not just programming today. It's programming the next week and how mm-hmm. people are going to feel. So I, I do I do grow an appreciation for what he does, mm-hmm. you know, and he's he's done a great job. And I think that's why uh, we like the trading block style, too, because it can kind of when you're a programmer, it can kind of give you direction. You can like program within a certain realm or, you know, whatever, a certain like, I don't know what the word is. And then then you can take the next block and you can kind of like mix it up with some new things rather than just all the time. You have all the options, you know, whereas you can have some guidelines, you can have some focus uh, for a training block and that helps you kind of organize your programming a little bit too, you know, and it lets people work on certain skills and get better at certain things or certain lifts, Mm -hmm. um, for that block. And then, you know, it also keeps it kind of fresh that you're not, it it keeps it fresh in a way that, um, you know, that you're doing back squats every Monday for seven weeks, but Mm -hmm. then, you know, after seven weeks, you're going to be able to like move on to something else. Um, so it keeps it fresh, like in that sense, but, it also keeps you like on track a little bit better, I think, than just always having every single option of every single thing you could possibly do. <laughs> I mean, I know that's the programming kind of now, mm-hmm. kind of sort of. We're not doing that whole same lift on certain days type of thing for now. I enjoyed it. Well, we but. so we didn't actually do a training block uh, episode podcast episode this time to kind of go over it with everybody. I think, you know. Some people don't even really care about the training blocks, um, but I think you'll notice after a couple of weeks here, we're doing the same lifts. I think he does kind of like to rotate days a little bit because mm-hmm. um, I think it can be difficult for people who have a schedule of when they come. If they can never come on Tuesdays, well, then they just always miss that lift. Whereas yeah. if we can kind of mix it up, then at least like every other week you're you're hitting it. You know what I mean? If you have like only specific days you can come. So kind of go back and forth. Like sometimes you might have a training block where you lift the same day every week, but I kind of like to bounce the days around just a little bit too. And then you can kind of coach different people at it as well. Yeah. I, I like the different days, different lifts, even if it's the same lifts, different days. Yeah. Cause I, in for me personally, I'm the type of person that I don't like to eat the same food like two, three days in a row. Mm. So like for me, pr- meal prepping is tough because mm-hmm. I'll be excited for Monday. Mm-hmm. But then Tuesday lunch, Tuesday dinner, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, um, I don't want this anymore. Yeah. But if I change the days to different meals, even though it's the same meal, yeah, it could be the same two meals. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> but it's it, mixed up. It's a little mixed bit more, up, yeah. and so it's kind of the same thing with like yeah. lifting. Like there was a point there. I'm not gonna lie, where we were in a block where it was like deadlifting Fridays and and Mondays, and I almost hated it. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I hated the workout mm-hmm. it's just because i knew it would do what it would do to my back mm-hmm. and so i would be you, more willing to miss you just didn't want to see deadlifts that often right or you just didn't right. want to see this particular movements that you really feel like you struggle with the most to like kind of be the focus of a training block right just kind of like 
bring you down a little bit. Right. But then you also know that, well, I still need to do it. And like, I know it's a, just a training block. It'll move on to like something different. You right. Know, and, like I, and like I mentioned before, I, I struggle with FOMO. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to miss out. Even if it is deadlifts, yeah. if I got to go lighter. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I, I enjoy all the programming. I'm not very picky. Yeah. I just want to come in. I want to come in and have a good time. Yeah. I'm so like Kyle and Gabe actually kind of collaborate a little bit more on their programming. They kind of always have kind of more collaboration on that. I didn't know that. I have absolutely never been involved in that. And I always try to tell them like I try to, the only things I try to help out with is I try to think about how I would run the class and how I would coach the class. And if I feel like the workout would not work out, workout would not work well, then I might see like a kind of like a hole in it. I might be like, Hey, um, I think if we have these classes with this many, like 16 people in it, we only have 16 of these things. I don't know. I might like see something like that. Otherwise, I am so not picky either. Like whatever they program the workouts and whatever the lifts and whatever the training block is and whatever the focus, I'm like down. I'm like good to go. Yeah. So I don't really have like specific opinions on what we like should and shouldn't do. I only every once in a while might see like, hey, I think we should change the structure of this to be two minutes on, two minutes off so we can share partner or so the people can share the equipment or something like I just might. But that otherwise I am just like I will coach whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Me too. And I'm, I'm going back to the food thing, I am the opposite of you. I would rather, for simplicity's sake, so I don't ever have to plan or think about it, I will eat the same thing every day. I do not care. Esther can do that. Yeah. Esther can eat the same meal over and over and over. I just don't care. But I cannot. I yeah. don't know why. I don't know why. I just, I get over it fairly quickly. Yeah. Like, yeah. all right, I got to eat something different. Yeah. And Esther's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we planned for. This is what we meal prep yeah. for. Yeah. You're going to eat it. I'm like, no. Nah. And I'll be yeah. like a little kid. Like, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just, I don't care that much about what I eat, I think. And so I would rather just have it be easy than if I care. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Every once in a while, I obviously have a craving for food and I'll be like, hey, sure. I really want a cheeseburger. But if I got food prepped and I just need my macros filled, I will just fill that with the same thing every day. I just like it to be a lot simpler. Um, but I, there's, you're not alone. There's a lot of people who, who like to eat different things, Yeah, but it's just harder. I will, you could do like the Peyton method, like you talked about with Jesus where, you know, you, you can prep a lot of plain stuff and then you can change the flavors of it. I don't know if that would help you. (laughs) Maybe I think it would. I think we're going to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, but, just switch up the flavors and switch up how you use it, you mm-hmm. know, how you use the chicken or how you use the ground beef or like whatever it is, or you switch up your sides that you put with it and you try to just like get your variety like that way. Yeah. So Esther and I usually like to plan for what we're going to have for lunch mm-hmm. and then dinner, mm-hmm. but then we do that every day. <laughs> so then we have to kind of like take the weekend and plan mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah you know, and the planning of it is annoying to me. I don't like that. That's it, why I like, that's why I like to just be simple. Yeah. Cause then I don't have to plan anything. I just know I have rice, potatoes, meat. I just know that I have the stuff at my house yeah. and I can just always pull from that stuff. So even if I just pull the same thing and like eat it all the time, I cannot do the planning part. I don't want to do that. I, I, I have to <laughs> just because if we don't, then we find ourselves going out to eat. Yeah. And I hate that. Yeah. I hate that because, uh, 
That food's not good either. You go it's, out to eat and you're just like, I don't even like it's, this. It's not good for you. And I also don't like to spend money. It's expensive. Yeah. It, yeah. So the other day I had tacos from one of the food trucks here in town. Uh-huh. Sorry, dad. Because mm-hmm. um, he has his own Mexican restaurant. Oh, dang. And, uh, but it was convenient because it's by my job. Yeah. I didn't realize how expensive it was going to be. For uh-huh. like six tacos, it ended up being like almost $20. Mm-hmm. You know, for a lunch? Yeah. But for me? Yeah. You know, I'm like, man, that's a lot of money. Uh-huh. For one person? Uh-huh. You know, maybe two people, 10, 20 bucks is fine. But for one, I was like, that's a lot of money. So anytime like we have to go out to eat, I almost hate it. Yeah. You know, I enjoy eating the dinner. But yeah. in my mind, I'm like, I could have eaten at home mm. for free. Or Yeah. I mean, just it's really expensive to take my family out to eat i mean even if like even if we just go to mcdonald's like say my kids have a game or something and then you get done with that and you're like okay we're all hungry we're gonna like drive through uh a place like even mcdonald's it will be 70 dollars yeah so i not i'm paying like and even if we just get basic shit like the cheapest it would possibly be would be like 55 dollars to to literally feed five people and you're just like i all i got was mcdonald's (laughs) yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. So in order to feed a family cheap, you need to get something like pizza, you know, sure. something like that, because now you can feed like you spend, you know, you buy two $12 pizzas and now you can like feed a lot of people. So, um, so yeah, like going out to eat, that's, that's not a thing that I want to, that I want to do very much either. I do kind of pick up lunch for myself quite a bit, but, um, I usually try to spend like eight to 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. I try not to spend any money for lunch yeah. and it's hard because like I just mentioned, my dad has a Mexican restaurant called Monica's. Uh-huh. Uh, close to downtown. It's right yeah. across from the Hy-Vee drugstore. Okay. And occasionally he'll ask me, but like, I haven't seen you in a while. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's because I'm trying not to go. Yeah. You know, as, as good as the food is, uh-huh. uh, as much as I enjoy it, yeah. I try not to. Yeah. Um, just because I think about, you know, how much hard work I put into trying to be healthy and trying mm-hmm. to maintain weight or, or if I'm trying to go into a cut, yeah. how much it puts me back. Or I think yeah. I have a, bad habit of thinking how bad it is for me so (laughs) if i eat a bad lunch then i try not to have dinner Mm -hmm. i have to fight that mindset like toxic a little bit with the eating yeah i can be toxic with myself in that sense where you know if i eat bad i'll i'll starve myself the rest of the day to make up yeah and i know i shouldn't do that yeah but it's hard yeah but yeah so the going out for us we try to avoid it as much as possible so we plan out usually like on saturday or sunday like make it more of a treat like, yeah, well, yeah. so we'll, we'll plan our protein for the week. Yeah. Um, and then our sides and our veggies. Yeah. The hard part is, is that we plan it, but we don't cook ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So then every day after CrossFit, the first thing we have to do is cook <laughs> or sorry, let me say I have to cook. Oh, she's going to get me for that one. But, yeah. Uh, so usually we're cooking. She's going to be after. like, why you got to out me like that? Yeah. So yeah, I spoil her. Yeah. That's nice. Don't let her tell you otherwise. <laughs> but uh, my yeah. husband cooks a lot too. I mean, I also oh, neither one of us actually cook really. I call it. I, is it called cooking? I don't know. I don't like cook anything. I guess I just would like say we were like prepare food. Like one of my kids or him or I might be the ones to like make the oatmeal or make scrambled eggs or make hamburger or make chicken. But like, are any of us cooking? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think I'm a great cook by any means, but I think I know well enough to cook foods a certain way, Yeah, you know, and and it works for Esther and I. And so I just feel like you take like, like Sarah Sulzberger or like, uh, like Janelle, whenever she would like share her stuff, like to me, that is cooking. I don't do anything that resembles that. Oh, mine looks nothing like that at all. (laughs) 
you know, Esther's idea of cooking food fast is turning up the burner to high. And, oh, you know, I'm <laughs> just like, burning it, the it, outside. That's what I tell her. I'm like, you're not cooking the food. Any you're faster. actually just, you're burning the outside. Yeah. But I give her an A for effort. There you go. <laughs> you know, so whenever she does cook for me, I appreciate it. Yeah. Because I know, like, her cooking is not her thing. Yeah. So when she does cook, I know she's trying. Yeah. And she's putting in the effort. Yeah. So I appreciate in that aspect. Yeah. But the majority of it falls on my shoulders. Yeah. And so... She's more of the planner, mm-hmm. more of the, all right, this oh, is Oh, she just what, likes to tell you what to do then? That for lack like, of Kevin, a better Like, Kevin, here's word, the yeah. food that you're going to cook. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Well, if I didn't tell you what to cook, then yeah. you wouldn't be eating food right now. Yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. I, I see. Right. But see, so you guys are working as a team. That's nice. We do. So, That's you know, nice. she'll plan and, and, and bring and up the ideas. And you'll execute. And yeah. I'll execute. Nice. I like That's that. That's the way it works. I like that. So. Yeah. I like that. My husband and I are both... We just have the stuff at the house. It's whoever's home has is the expectation that you're making this. Whoever gets up in the morning, like you're the one that's making this. You know, if we didn't like prepare the breakfast in advance, if we don't like have a breakfast prepared, well, it's me or him. Got to get up and like make sure there's breakfast. And so mm-hmm. I have told him like in the past before, like I would like to plan this out because I feel like sometimes uh, having a plan would actually be more beneficial you know, because then I would know like, okay, the expectation is on this day, I'm cooking on that right. day, you're cooking instead, it's just like whoever's there. And then so there'll be different seasons to where like my husband's working like a lot. So he might not cook at all for like months, you know what I mean? And then it's like all on me to do it. And then like over the winter time, I'm very much not inclined to like make anything. Well, then he's out in the kitchen like, well, I guess I'll just make all the food for everyone all the time. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. If, if I don't do the cooking, then We'll starve. Then you're eating chicken nuggets or what? (laughs) Yeah. Just the other day, we were so hungry. Last weekend, I think it was. Those new KFC chicken nuggets came out. Oh, I don't know. We're like, we should try them. Yeah. (laughs) But once we look back to see how unhealthy they were, Mm -hmm. we're like, that's the last time we're doing that. Yeah. But yeah. Dang. So, well, anyway, I think we've been talking for a while. I so need to figure out a way to like keep time on these episodes because... Yeah, you should put it like I have a, like no you idea. Put a, you should put like a gym clock in here to uh, tell yeah. you like the time. Yeah, because so when I used to do it on my laptop, the the timer would be on there. So when I would be approaching like an hour, it'd be like mm-hmm. around an hour. I'd like start wrapping it up. And now I, ha- I have no idea. I assume it's been over an hour. Uh, two hours. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I have to go to my kids NHS thing. I enjoyed talking yeah. to you so much. And um, thanks for coming on. All right. We'll see you guys in the gym. Thank you. Bye.